The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. With so much information to weed through of what is and is not healthy living, people everywhere are confused about proper steps to take toward finding a wellness plan that works for them. Don't climb this mountain alone. We want to give you time-tested education and research based on our own experiences and give you guidance to define what is healthy for you. Let's put the puzzle pieces together. Today, your journey begins. Take notes, ask questions. This is Ganino Wellness Radio with Dr. John and Linda Ganino, bringing you simplified education to apply to your everyday life. Now, here is Dr. John and Linda Ganino. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 11 of Ganino Wellness Radio on voiceamerica.com. I'm Dr. John Ganino, and I'm joined today by my wife, Linda. Hello, everybody. And uh, tomorrow's our 28th wedding anniversary, so um, I've been very privileged uh, to sit next to Linda for this uh, last 11 weeks, and we've really enjoyed this show together. Today we have a very special guest joining us, Dana Trentini from Hypothyroid Mom, and I'm going to let Linda introduce her momentarily. I did want to give you guys a heads up real quick on the uh, final two shows of this season uh, coming up on the 23rd. Our guest will be Dr. Andrew Wakefield, who many of you know um, directed the uh, documentary Vaxxed, and uh, he'll be joined by Polly Tommy, who is the producer of that movie. And then uh, the following week on the 30th, our guest will be Tommy Rosa, who authored a book with uh, my good friend and former mentor, Dr. Stephen Sinatra, and the name of that book is called Health Revelations from Heaven and Earth. So please be tuned in for our final two episodes, Uh, but today we want to welcome Dana, and I'm going to let Linda uh, introduce her. Dana Trentini, a.k.a. Hypothyroid Mom, created the thyroid advocacy blog, Hypothyroid Mom. Hypothyroid Mom has 2,655,000,000 monthly page views with 807,000 monthly unique visitors from 223 countries in the world. She also has a Facebook page with 980,000 followers. Dana launched her blog on October 1st, 2012 in memory of the unborn baby she lost to hypothyroidism. She set out on a mission to learn all she could about hypothyroidism and to share her discoveries with people around the globe. Dana has been featured in the Wall Street Journal and the Atlantic. Her new book, co-authored with Mary Showman, Your Health Pregnancy with Thyroid Disease, A Guide to Fertility, Pregnancy, and Postpartum Wellness, was published just this past June. So, Dana, thanks so much for being our guest today. Um, I know you're aware that I had thyroid cancer in 1982. I was put on Synthroid back then. Eight years later, I had my fourth baby, and although we both turned out okay, it was a terrible pregnancy. I always felt like there was something not quite right about it. Um, I just mentioned your book. Tell us about it and how it can help pregnant uh, women with thyroid issues. 
Absolutely. It's so exciting to be here. I was so uh, I was so struck by the article that I included at Hypothyroid Mom uh, this week with your story, Linda. Um, it's called, Please Help Me Conquer My Wife's Thyroid Cancer. And I thought the title was just so powerful. Um, written by, by your husband, Dr. Ganino, and your stories included. And what really speaks to me is how beautiful it is that, that your partner uh, was there supporting you and trying to help you be well. I hear a lot of stories of people who don't have that support system and that are told they're lazy or they're tired or they're old or whatever that's all in their head and the symptoms are real and unless people in our lives live them, they can't really always understand it or appreciate it. So it was just a beautiful, beautiful story. I'm really the last person on earth who should be starting a blog, who should be doing social media. I could barely turn on a computer four years ago when I started Hypothyroid Mom. But do you know when the mother bear like comes out of you and you get a strength to lift you know, cars off of children and you have this superpower strength to do things you would never ever do? Well, that's what happened with the creation of Hypothyroid Mom. I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism in 2006 after my first son was born, Benjamin. And I was placed on Synthroid also, uh, Linda, and I wasn't feeling well. I still had all my symptoms. It really didn't make a whole lot of difference. But I was in New York City with doctors with awards on their walls. I was on the Upper East Side going into their doctor's offices. And I didn't think that they would not know what they were doing. I just trusted that they must know more than me. And when I became pregnant in late 2008, like your story with your fourth pregnancy, I knew something was wrong. And I kept calling the doctor's office, please, I don't feel good. I, I, I'm really sick. There's toxicity in my body. And I kept being told that I was pregnant. Maybe it was morning sickness. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. But deep inside me, I knew it was way more than that. I'd also been pregnant, you know, with my first son. I knew what morning sickness was. And I knew that this was dangerous. And I miscarried my child at 12 weeks. And when I sat on a table um, for my DNC procedure, I remember the anesthesiologist said, you know, what would, would you like? you know, general anesthesia, would you like to be out? Would you like, you know, what level of, you know, I just looked at my eyes. I don't want to remember a single thing about this. So as I'm counting backwards from 10, waiting to go out, I said to myself, something is not right. Something has happened to me that is not right. And when I came out of there, I began digging through research and reading every book and staying up through the night, you know, with my candle beside me and my, and my like little lights and dim lights so that I could like read everything I could about thyroid disease. And then I discovered that the Endocrine Society had issued guidelines for pregnant women with thyroid disease that a TSH less than 2.5 was recommended for women with treated hypothyroidism in preconception and in their first trimester and less than 3.0 in their second and third. Mine was nearing 10. 
with raging hypothyroid symptoms, my TSH was 10. Clearly, my doctors had not read those guidelines, and I became enraged, enraged like a rage I have never experienced before, that I spent many months researching how in the heck do you create a blog? What is Twitter? I have no idea what Twitter was. Like, What do you do on Twitter? I don't know. I didn't have a Facebook account, but I was just so pissed off that I was going to do something. I was going to show my my baby, who was, I knew was watching over me, that I was going to do something. I didn't protect my child, but I'm going to do it for other babies. I went on to get so thyroid healthy, thankfully, from all the research that I'd done. I went on to have my second son, Hudson, and um, it was also through the help of thyroid advocate Mary Showman, who wrote the book Living Well with Hypothyroidism. And I reached out to her and I said, listen, Mary, I'm going to create a blog. I am so angry about what happened to me. And one day we are going to write a book. Please remember me. And so two years into hypothyroid mom, she reached out to me and she said, do you remember me? I said, of course, Mary. And that was the moment she introduced me to her, you know, her agent and, and the rest is history. And we published the book with Perseus Books from DeCapo Press in June 2016. And it's really a dream come true. And if, if we help even one mother have one healthy pregnancy and avoid miscarriage and gestational issues like, you know, maternal anemia and premature birth and infertility and stillbirths, and on their increased risk of autism and ADHD with maternal hypothyroidism, then we've then we've done a, an amazing an amazing thing. So it's so exciting to be on your radio show, reaching people who might not have heard of hypothyroid mom. They don't know that their infertility or their you know ten miscarriages are could be the result of their thyroid disease. And so I hope I find them with radio shows like this. No, that's great. And again, we, we thank you so much for being with us. I want to just inform the listener that there are two ways that you can um, reach Dana today. One is you can call uh, the station and the phone number is 866-472-5792. Or you can also send a question by email, Ganino Radio, G-O-N-I-N-O Radio at gmail.com so Dana would love to field your questions or Linda as well and um, it's uh, a little early for break but I think it's a good place to stop it's a good stopping point so let's uh, let's go to break and we'll see you in a couple minutes and we'll be back with Dana
You are listening to Canino Wellness Radio. To reach our show today, call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ganinoradio at gmail.com. Now, back to Ganino Wellness Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to our next segment of our show today. Uh, Linda and I are hoping that uh, you guys are enjoying today's music. That's our daughter, Allie. Uh, that was Vamp off the Hollywood High uh, EP, and uh, she should also be uh, uh, singing you guys some Christmas carols today, we hope. But anyway, we uh, went to break, and now we're back with Dana. And our first question uh, for Dana is, uh, just in general, what are the signs and symptoms of low thyroid? This is a great question, John. I um, I always tell people that every part of the body from the top of your head down to your toes requires thyroid hormone for proper functioning. So the thing with this is that there are so many symptoms that sometimes they get missed and you end up with a hypothyroid person on multiple medications, yet they haven't addressed the root issue, which is the low thyroid. The fatigue is something that can't really be explained. Now, we're all at a different, you know, part of, you know, degree of severity, but I have hit rock bottom where the fatigue was so intense that I, my eyes ached to stay awake, that I would fall asleep without warning on Lego blocks and smashed on my face and I would just fall asleep. I had a curvature of my back like a 90-year-old woman before I was diagnosed because the weight of the fatigue was so deep that I was stooping over. It goes to weight gain. We, we struggle with weight issues because the thyroid regulates metabolism. Hair loss. You know, hair loss. The art, I have an article on the 10 things that help me deal with my hair loss which is one of the most popular articles at Hypothyroid Mom. For a woman, our hair is so important and losing our hair, not only are we struggling with all these other symptoms, but then we are losing the hair on the top of our head. But I spent over a year researching the causes of women's hair loss um, and wrote that article and I'm so happy because we're helping women save their hair. Everything from dry skin, mental health, depression, anxiety, ADD and ADHD, digestive issues like constipation. You can have the reverse, which is diarrhea and bloating and gas and brain fog and fertility is- issues and menstrual abnormalities and elevated cholesterol levels and high blood sugar. My story really, while I was diagnosed as an adult after my first child was born, when I look back, really, I had these symptoms since I was a child, and they just escalated over time. There are three times in a woman's life when she's most vulnerable to develop a thyroid condition or to worsen an existing one, and they are puberty, pregnancy, and then postpartum menopause. If you think about those three times in a woman's life, that's when her sex hormones are shifting. And our thyroid Mm -hmm. hormones and sex hormones are so intricately connected. I can actually remember as a teenager developing really strange symptoms like the anxiety and the deeper fatigue and needing to sleep longer than all my friends and knowing I didn't have the energy like they did, having the constipation and the dry flaking scalp. 
I had those symptoms, but I hit a tipping point after my child was born. Um, so, you know, we have to watch our children. We have to watch, uh, especially during the teenage years for boys and girls, when our sex hormones are shifting. Um, I was at a point where I was about to be put on statin drugs for high cholesterol, and I was told I was pre-diabetic. This was just before I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. I land in the emergency room with kidney stones. And the, the doctor says, this is so strange. Like, you're a really exercised person. You eat really right, and you're young. And, like, what is going on with you? And then, thankfully, they tested everything and found I had hypothyroidism. And guess what? By treating and optimally treating my thyroid, my blood sugar levels came back to normal, and my cholesterol levels all came back to normal. My question is, how many patients in the cardiologist's office actually have low thyroid and don't know it? Um, how many are in the psychiatrist's office, the psychologist's office, the counselor's office in the high schools, and really they're struggling with low thyroid? How many children are on ADHD medications and ADD medications who might have low thyroid? How many, you know, are going to the aisles for constipation and diarrhea aisle of the drugstore? Do they have low thyroid? All these people are struggling to, to lose weight. Have they checked their thyroid? So mm -hmm. it's just like a never-ending thing where I hear from people with all a host of symptoms. And I have an article called 300 Plus Hypothyroidism Symptoms. Yes, really. It has. It is the number one article at Hypothyroid Mom. And I've counted. I have, I've had over my lifetime 180 of the 300 that are listed. Um, so you can have all kinds of symptoms and signs. Yeah, I want to make a comment about, uh, well, three things really, or three cases. Uh, first is a cholesterol patient. Uh, this is a fella from Allen, Texas, about an hour and 15 minutes from here. He came in with a total cholesterol of 270, and we put him on uh, thyroid support, and his cholesterol came down to 171. Uh, wow. 99-point 90, drop in his cholesterol by getting his thyroid right. Uh, second case was a was a 12-year-old who was diagnosed by, you know, or suspected diagnosed, I guess, by a school teacher who said to the mom, you know, I can't control this boy. Um, you know, you need to, you know, take him to the doctor and get him on some Ritalin. And instead of Ritalin, we put him on thyroid support and, you know, it totally fixed his symptoms and he just, he lined her up, you know, perfectly straight. So, and then thirdly, just to speak of myself, I, uh, 11 years ago, I was in a lecture listening to this doctor discuss the difference between quote, normal thyroid and optimal thyroid function. Yes. He tested my reflex. He says, you know, your reflexes, doctor, they're slow. I think you'd benefit from taking some thyroid medication. So I, I started myself on it, and um, two things happened that I found valuable. Most important to me was the 2 o'clock in the afternoon to 6 o'clock in the afternoon fade, if you get me, you know, where you're trying to fall asleep. That went away, and then uh, and then I lost 13 pounds that really needed to go. So those are just three quick cases. Um, Amazing. Uh, so our next question is, uh, why do you think there are so many undiagnosed silent sufferers of thyroid disorders? That's a great question. And, and I was just thinking um, about what you just said about your success story. I, I you know, it, it can be a really depressing thing to talk about all these signs and symptoms and all these undiagnosed people. Um, but really what motivates me to create Hypothyroid Mom and what excites me every day that I go on there and I add a new article or a new post is 
I am living proof that you can live fabulously with hypothyroidism. I'm 47 years old and I can tell you, I feel better today than I did at 20 years old. Um, I probably look better than I did when I was 30 because I had undiagnosed hypothyroidism that wasn't being treated. I, the fatigue was unreal, was affecting my physical appearance. Um, so I know there's hope because hope happened to me. But there's the, you know, when we to, to answer your question, it, there's one, first of all, there's so many symptoms that I think that perhaps we walk in like a poster child for the disease, but instead of looking at thyroid, they're looking at all the different medications that can be given for your different symptoms. Mm-hmm. So we're walking in with all these symptoms and, and it, no one is like, saying, yes, you know what, you could just have low thyroid and we'll deal with that. Um, The other thing is that TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, is the only and the primary test that's used in conventional medicine to diagnose thyroid sufferers. And this to me is, is the whole reason I created Hypothyroid Mom because TSH alone doesn't give a full picture. First of all, the range of what's normal, oftentimes labs will use 0.5 to 5.0, but that range is so wide. I don't feel good at a, at a TSH of 5 or 4 or 3 or 2. I feel better just under 1. You know, we have to find what is optimal for each person, and I'm mm-hmm. fortunate to have a doctor who listens to me and my symptoms. Now, remember, I told you I miscarried at a TSH of 10, 10. Mm-hmm. What was my doctor thinking? Even by non-pregnant standards, a TSH close to 10 is severely hypothyroid. But there I was pregnant and with symptoms and nothing was being done. My symptom, my thyroid medication was not being raised and it enrages me. So first off is TSH. But the other thing is full thyroid lab testing is not being done. There are six key lab tests that every person with hypothyroidism or suspected hypothyroidism should have tested. One is TSH, free T4, free T3, reverse T3, and then the two antibodies for Hashimoto's, thyroid peroxidase antibodies and thyroglobulin antibodies. Hashimoto's is considered the number one cause of hypothyroidism in the United States, yet antibodies are very rarely tested. The majority of my readers have Hashimoto's and don't know it. So my Facebook page is filled with comments from people who say, oh my God, I have Hashimoto's and I only found out because of your page. Uh, Now, the reason is, is nothing is being done to address the autoimmune component of Hashimoto's disease. They're only being given thyroid medication, which isn't addressing the autoimmune component and all the dietary changes and all the different things that can help with an autoimmune disease. So we're, I, I feel like mainstream medicine is just missing the boat. And if we look at the stats where the World Health Organization estimates there are 750 million people worldwide with thyroid disease, it's more prevalent than diabetes. At least 30 million Americans have it and half are un diagnosed that's 15 million at least of my my fellow thyroid sufferers majority are women majority with hypothyroidism are in the world and they are struggling and i'm almost at 1 million hypothyroid mom facebook page follower i'm almost at 1 million and i always say my goal is to reach the 15 and more million that don't know they have it They're going to see a funny Facebook post on my page and say, hey, that sounds really familiar. Mm -hmm. 
let me go see what she's writing about. And that is the whole way that I have designed my Facebook page is to find these millions that are undiagnosed and don't know they have it. And that to me is just unbelievable. Thank, thank you, Dana, for that. Here's a, a question. So first off, I want to let you know that we're doing all those tests that you that you told us about. And uh, I don't know if it was your page or, or Janie or whoever, but where we got the ratio between uh, free T3 divided by reverse T3 to yes. ideally being greater than 20. So we're, we're working with that as well. Here's, here's a, a question where I think you may be able to help me. Um, first off, just to give you some feedback on numbers of a, a very large practice, I would say that, you know, we test these antibodies on, on all of our patients, and I'd say three out of four of them come back positive, and, of course, one out of four being negative. So for these positive people, here's here's what we're telling them. You know, number one, stay off of gluten because, you know, in this building, all autoimmune phenomenon are directly caused by gluten antibody and, you know, kind of a slow chip, chip, chip away kind of a deal. The other thing we're, we're doing is assessing them for heavy metals. And the third thing we're trying to do is support their immune system against chronic Epstein-Barr virus and other chronic infections. Is there, is there any other thing with respect to those antibodies being positive that I should be doing that I'm not? You know, I, I'm so happy to hear you're, you're addressing the autoimmune component. So that's very exciting. Um, infections, I, I, I've had some articles on my site. I do a lot about infections because the more and more I read and the more and more experts I speak of, and I'm so happy that you're looking at Epstein-Barr, um, the more and more researchers that I'm, I'm speaking to are finding that infections are one of the main triggers for Hashimoto's, but very rarely is stool testing done so people don't know they have it. Um, and what's really interesting for me is that I went to a ther- I had a thermography done. When I turned 40, my doctor said, you know, we want you to get a mammogram. And, and I had a digital mammogram. And long story, this is like a whole other episode for you to do. But I didn't want to be radiated with um, digital mammograms every single year. So I opted to do thermographies and alternate with digital mammography and thermographies. So when I went in for my thermography for my upper body, they found that I had something in my gut and they couldn't tell what it was. They can just indicate there was inflammation. Um, And so I found a functional medicine physician and said, I think something's wrong with my gut. Um, And he did a stool test. Now, I didn't enjoy doing my stool test, but that was so important. I found out I have candida. Mm-hmm. And yeast is, you know, one of the one of the number one um, silent things that nobody knows about. And to be honest with you, when you think of yeast infection, I don't have any of those typical symptoms of gas, bloating, yeast like you're thinking. I, I do not have them. So there's no way for you to have looked at me and said, that girl's got candida. Now, I'm working with my doctor to deal with my candida. He suspected I might have had a parasite. So part of the stool testing was for infections, but also parasites. And thank God I I didn't have that. Um, But I think infections are a really big thing. Um, Stress. I think that adrenal fatigue is a really big one. Our our adrenal hormones and our thyroid hormones and our sex hormones are so intricately connected. I can tell you when I was reading Linda's story um, that I posted for on Hypothyroid Mom about Linda's thyroid cancer story, when she said that at 40, something happened to her. Now, yes, she had had her baby, but I can tell you at age 42, something happened to me. And what I know happened to me when I connected the dots is perimenopause. 
I was shifting into my sex hormones were shifting. I was under extreme stress in my personal life and my thyroid hormones went crazy. I started losing tons of hair. I aged within two years. I aged rapidly when I look at pictures. Our, our adrenals and our, and our sex hormones are such an important component. And perimenopause can begin 10 years before you actually develop menopause. Um, so that would be a really big one. Nutrient deficiencies are another really big one. Um, vitamin D deficiency. They say like 90% of Hashimoto's patients have vitamin D deficiency. There's 90. magnesium. Mm-hmm. They say like 90. Um, vitamin Bs, the Bs, the thiamine and B12. And then there's selenium, you know. Um, there's magnesium. I had no idea my constipation was linked to low magnesium. And I had these crazy twitches in my eyelids that I couldn't. I couldn't stop the twitching, and I just discovered I was severely deficient in magnesium. Mold exposure. You know what? My little boy, I I happened to be in a home where the air conditioner developed mold, and it was right in his bedroom, and my son developed um, hyperactivity type of symptoms that his teachers were noticing, and I discovered he had mold, um, black mold exposure. Um, You know, leaky gut. The leaky gut is a really big one. Chronic inflammation, blood sugar imbalances that we're not eating, you know, stably and pr- with protein throughout our day. Um, I, I just Excellent. think so many different things. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Dana. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, uh, we welcome your questions and we have a couple of our own. So uh, we'll see you on the other side of the break.
You are listening to Canino Wellness Radio. To reach our show today, call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ganinoradio at gmail.com. Now, back to Canino Wellness Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the uh, third segment of our show today. When we were on break, um, Dana was asking a question. You know, I've noticed since my I've got my candida under control that my menstrual periods are leveling out. And she said, I, I'm not, I can't make those, I can't connect those dots. So I wanted to do that for everybody. So ideally, your menstrual period should be every 26 to 32 days. You're on it for four or five days, about three or four pads a day, no cramps, no clots, no PMS. That's a dead center uh, period. If that's not happening, then the first place we look is actually the thyroid. And lots of times when you get people's thyroids optimized, it'll it'll level out their periods. If that's not it, then we go to adrenals and we go to pancreas. And pancreas is simple things like eat breakfast within 30 minutes of waking up in the morning so that your blood sugar doesn't drop. Uh, keep caffeine to zero to eight ounces a day so you don't get adrenaline in your system, which raises your blood sugar, which then causes a subsequent drop in your sugar. And now and, and, and that's a mechanism for sugar, insulin, adrenaline, roller coaster. Um, so adrenaline is the fight or flight hormone that raises your blood sugar, which then causes your pancreas to secrete insulin to drop your blood sugar. And if your sugar gets too low, uh, your brain won't like it. So it'll send a signal to your adrenals to kick up your um, um, adrenaline to bring up your sugar and so on. So that that sugar, insulin, adrenaline roller coaster can cause hormonal roller coaster. And so what Dana's saying is, hey, you know, I got on my antifungal drugs. I got my candida leveled out. That leveled out my sugar, insulin, adrenaline roller coaster. I had my thyroid on point. And when those two things, when those two foundational bricks were laid, lo and behold, I noticed that my periods leveled out. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing thing to watch because... When I turned 42, it was like something happened to me, a switch. Uh, I don't know. I was feeling really great with my thyroid meds, and then something shifted, and I couldn't figure out what it was. I had a new adjustment to my thyroid meds, but it just wasn't enough. I was dealing with the stress. It wasn't enough. And here I am on this candida treatment the last few months, my cycles had shifted from my normal 29-day um, cycle down to 26 days. And that three-day shift um, was enough to cause major hair loss and strange, like, aging, strange. Um, and now with the candida treatment, I am back to 28, 29 days, my cycle, and I'm feeling better. So who knew that your gut, candida fungus in my gut, has something to do with your sex hormones, has something to do with the hair falling out on the top of my head. Um, yeah. So you, it's, it's fascinating, the different pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, it'll also, uh, you know, that same subsequent uh, series of things we're talking about will also fix sleep. If a person's not sleeping, then the next place to look is their sex hormones, level those out, then to thyroid, adrenals, and pancreas, and then to blood, liver, bowel, and lymphatics, which is mostly you know, taking care of the candida. I just wanted for everybody's, uh, for all the listeners that are tuned in as far as candida, things that cause an overgrowth of it, antibiotics, steroids, birth control pills, pregnancy, living or flying at altitude and eating sugar. Now remember uh, that fruit juice is sugar um, and also alcohol, you know, tis the season, right? Everybody, alcohol can feed candida. So I'm not telling you you know, you can have a couple drinks on New Year's because I'm sure I will like I do every year. But what I will also do on January the 2nd 
is start myself on some antifungal drugs, start myself on some multi-cleanse to detox my small intestine and, you know, continue my weekly coffee enema for, uh, you know, colon and liver detox and just, you know, kind of mop up the mess that I created over Christmas week, if that makes sense. I, I did want to mention um, that I mentioned at the beginning that I was originally put on Synthroid, which is a T4 only a levothyroxine medication. It's the number one prescribed drug. Pharmacy pharmaceutical companies are making a killing with Synthroid. Um, I wasn't well on Synthroid. Some people do fabulously on levothyroxine drugs, and I'm so happy for them. But the millions that are flocking to hypothyroid mom are flocking there because they're not doing well on these traditionally prescribed drugs. I was really lucky to find an alternative-minded doctor, much like yourself. Um, who tried me on natural desiccated thyroid, which has T4 and T3. And we found my happy spot where, you know, the right dosage to make me feel fabulous. And I feel fantastic. I, I really wish the medical world, the mainstream medical world, would shift and look at these alternative treatments because there are too many people on Synthroid that are not doing well. Um, my blog would not exist. It would not be popular if people were well. So something is going on and we need some change. But in the meantime, you need to know that that there are other options and that there are alternative minded doctors who will look at other options. Yeah, that's that's a great point, Dana. And and a lot of it really is going to come down to the patient just kind of really stepping on the doctor's toes and say, you know, I really would like nature thyroid or I really would like WP thyroid. Um, and they'll say, well, you know, I don't usually write that. And I say, well, I know you don't usually write that. But, you know, as a favor to me, I would really like you to to do it for me. And it's amazing that now I saw, I saw a patient this morning that is doing great on his nature throid. And, uh, he said, you know, I, I, it looks like my insurance is not going to cover it after the first of the year. So I don't know, you know, what I'm going to do at that point. And, and I just kind of shrugged my shoulders cause I, you know, I got enough to deal with besides handling people's insurance problems. So I don't really go there very often, but I, but I do feel bad for these people because, you know, they, they do need, a lot of them do need that T3 and if they don't get it, they don't feel well. And, and, you know, everybody's money is is watching it, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, I, I do feel for them. Yes, absolutely. And change change needs to happen. I feel fabulous on a combination of Nature Throid and a compounded time-release T3 that I get a, from a compounding pharmacy. Um, yes, I pay out of pocket. Um, yes, I've had insurance issues and I fought like a dog to, like, get payment for some of my, my treatments and my tests. But... Um, I have paid out of pocket for things and and I feel like if I didn't I would like be down in a sewer unable to function every day. So I don't mm-hmm. think I, have, I don't think I would have had an option. I think mine was so severe that I don't think I just don't think it would have been possible to not I don't know. I get scared when I think about where I would be today had I not found this world of alternative thyroid treatment. I'm really scared for people that haven't found this information. Mm-hmm. So I was really I was down in a hole, a really, really dark hole. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you a toughie now. Um, I've had patients on on natural desiccated thyroid that I felt like they could use a little boost in T3, and some of them I've put on the sustained release T3, like you're talking about. Some I've put on an immediate release T3, and some I've put on both. Now, when I say both, any of the above I just said is always five micrograms, which, as you know, is a pretty tiny dose, but it seems to make a big difference for people. Any comment on immediate release versus sustained versus both? 
You know, I, I am a blessed woman that I found someone who would try all the different options and found what worked for me. I don't think that there's an answer because I hear from a lot of people that don't even do well on natural desiccated thyroid and they do fabulously on compounded T4 and T3 or on synthetic T4 and T3 and others that are doing fabulously on T4 alone. So my, I, what, I've come, what I've come to realize is that there isn't one thing that's right for everyone. I did try the instant release, the Cytomel, um, it did. I did feel good um, using the Cytomel, but for me, I was having that serious 3 p.m. crash, and the time-release T3 keeps me going through the day. I don't have that slump anymore where I want to desperately take a nap at 4 p.m. or 3 p.m., so for me, that made a really big difference, but it really was finding a doctor who experimented very carefully with me, adjusted my dosages, kept raising it a little to see how I did, and I would have to report back if I felt over-medicated. We really played. We, we had... This is... The, the tricky thing about this is it requires playing, and not all doctors have the time or the in- interest to play with this. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah. so wonderful that you are playing like this with so carefully playing to find that solution for someone. You might, you are changing people's lives because they're probably not otherwise going to find a doctor who'd be willing to even explore adding a compounded time release T3 to their, to their medication, let alone natural desiccated thyroid. So your patients are very lucky. No, th- thank you very much. And we're going we're gonna to go to break. And when we uh, come back, we would welcome your questions. And we'll have uh, more with Dana.
Listening to Canino Wellness Radio. To reach our show today, call into 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Ganino Radio at gmail.com. Now, back to Ganino Wellness Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the uh, fourth segment of our show today. And as always, uh, be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and connect with us on LinkedIn. So uh, Linda had a question she wanted to ask. Yeah. So uh, Dana, what about children who are born to hypothyroid or uh, moms who have any kind of thyroid issues? How about how is their health affected? Oh, you ask a question I'm so passionate about. I, you know, I I have found my wellness. Um, but really, I write hypothyroid mom to help our children. There's definitely a genetic component to thyroid. I know it from my own family. My mother, after I um, had such severe hypothyroidism, turned out my mom as hypothyroidism and my brother. They both um, they both have very different symptoms than me. Um, for example, my my brother was complaining about um, real vision issues like getting ticks in his eyes and like vision problems and vertigo, like severe dizziness. And my mom was saying the same thing and I do not have those symptoms and they had acid reflux and I don't have those symptoms, but they have hypothyroidism also. And it's so important that we all display different symptoms. But what I can say is this, we have to watch our children. There is a genetic component to thyroid disease Um, including Hashimoto's and autoimmune diseases. We need to watch our children for symptoms. I wish somebody had watched me as a young girl when I had severe constipation and eczema and terrible dandruff on my head. And I wish someone had like tested me in puberty when I, my menstrual cycles had clots in them. I had cramps so bad. I wish someone brought me to the emergency room. I had had blood that required two pads, um, I would stretch for seven days of bleeding and I would have missed cycles and no one ever thought to test my thyroid. What my doctor did is put me on birth control pill to regulate my my menstrual cycle. Um, I think that what we need to do is be watching our children for symptoms. I, I, I hear from women whose children are struggling in school with ADHD and ADD and mental health issues like anxiety and depression and hallucinations and all kinds of things. And I say, well, has their thyroid been checked, especially at puberty? And then let's tell our children that it can, it might not happen when they're children, but it can happen over, you know, some point in their lifetime. With women, there are the three points, um, puberty, pregnancy, and perimenopause. Share that information with your children. Tell them what to look for when they're of an age to to know and, and so that they'll watch themselves. 
Um, for me, I look at my sons. I, I have two sons, Benjamin and Hudson, ages 10 and 6. And, you know, thank God, you know, they're doing great. But that doesn't mean that 10 years from now when they hit puberty that, that things might not shift. Um, for my brother, it's interesting because I remember um, he was like always, you know, a normal weight guy. And I remember when he became a teenager, he had his tonsils removed and something happened to him after that surgery and he gained so much weight. And when I look back at it, I think to myself, was some damage done to his thyroid during his tonsillectomy? Or was there stress from his surgery or the sex hormones shifted in his puberty? But something definitely happened to my brother and nobody would could put the pieces together. And I just think there's there's family, there, there are genetic components that require us to like watch and inform our children uh, is, I guess, the message that I would, the most important message that I would, would give about that. Yeah, I wanted to interject on the uh, on the genetic piece as well, and and this may be new to to your followers, but um, as you may know, eighty five percent of the population has a mutation in an enzyme uh, called MTHFR, which helps I think to. You were going to see that. <laughs> yeah, in in uh, so, and you know, Linda, myself, Allie, all three of us have it, and uh, to to varying degrees, and so this these mutations hamper the ability of this enzyme to be able to uh, conjugate and excrete toxins from your body. So a lot of these heavy metals can build up and, and damage your thyroid. And I think, so you were talking about your brother's case and say, you know, seemed to be doing good. Then he went in for surgery and, 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 um, you know, I don't, I don't think it was the anatomic manipulation of the tonsils so much as it was the toxins from the anesthesia that probably, probably were a player in attacking his thyroid because we we see that all the time. Uh, it's so important you mentioned MTHFR. Uh, more more research really needs to be done on that. I've included MTHFR in our book with Mary on thyroid pregnancy um, because it's such an important factor. I had my whole family tested with 23andMe and my children and I, um, we all have MTHFR def- um, um, defects also. And I wish there was just more research um, I'm sure that will come in time, but but yes, I, the whole genetic the ge- whole genetic piece is really what motivates me because um, sure we can get ourselves well, but really isn't it about the next generations after us? Yeah, well the the edu- I do believe it will come in time, but the the education is going to take place with you know the Dana Trentinis and the you know uh-huh. the world the Ganinos the Janie Bothorps those are the people that are going to educate because there's there's no incentive out there um you know for for the we'll call them the bigs uh, yes. to 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 educate on MTHFR um there's no there's no money in empowerment no money uh, the, the money is in keeping people fearful um, it's keeping people on synthroid right because the think about the how much money it is like one of the top american pharmaceuticals that is sold like if you think about the billions that are being made on this drug there's no reason to encourage people to take natural desiccated thyroid because there is no money in an animal made product Um, so there is no money in shifting and you know what 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 shocks me is when we look back in history to like the dr broda barnes in, you know, like the early 1900s, he was giving natural desiccated thyroid and showing before and after in his book 
um, and, and remarkable changes. And then the pharmaceutical company then shifted it to these this synthetic synthroid, and then all hell broke loose because all these people are are unwell on this medication that they're making millions off of. Uh, so there's no incentive, just like you said, there's no incentive to change this model. And it's really about patients getting themselves informed, following radio shows like this, Hypothyroid Mom, all of the thyroid advocacy information that's available free online. That's what I love about it is that I, I you know, we, we share free information in, in the hopes that these millions of people will find it somehow, some way. Yeah. Uh, so, so Dana, we got about one minute. So what's, what's next for Dana Trentini in her life? Oh my goodness. I, I just moved back to Toronto, Canada. I lived for 17 years in, in the United States and I'm back and um, it's amazing to be able to continue hypothyroid mom from here. Um, I have a lot of exciting new things that I would like to write about for hypothyroid mom. Everyone says, Oh God, you're going to get so bored. How can you write about the same topics over and over again? And I say, actually, there were many pieces of the thyroid puzzle I haven't even written about yet, like MTHFR. So it's very exciting. I'm looking forward to 2017 and sharing a lot more information to help more people. Well, thank you, Dana, for being with us today. Yes, I cannot tell you how grateful we are that you decided to be on the show. Thank you, Linda. And I, I love your success story of being a thyroid cancer survivor and kicking thyroid cancers, but I yeah, just yeah. love it. I love that. <laughs> thank, so you. thank you. Thank you, listeners, very much. And we'll look forward to having you back uh, next week at 3 o'clock Central um, for Dr. Andrew Wakefield and Polly Tommy. So have a good week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Ganino Wellness Radio. Please join your hosts, Dr. John and Linda Ganino, again next Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For an appointment with Dr. John Ganino at his practice in Heath, Texas, please call 469-402-2800. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.